Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to another update of Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear with Faith Dialogue, and we provide two updates each week on this channel called Prophecy Countdown, both our video and our audio channels. On Sundays, on Sundays, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. And when our, as our practice, we go through a book of the Bible, chapter by chapter and book by book, and we're in chapter 10 this week. In fact, our message this Sunday is uh, out of chapter 10 and it's called Rejected uh, and Persecuted. Rejected and Persecuted. It's in Matthew chapter 10. Um, <laughs> That's quite a welcome message, isn't it? Uh, come to our church this weekend uh, and, and learn about how Christians are rejected and, and persecuted. Uh, but please come and listen. If you listen to our message, you'll find there's a lot of hope in there as well. But on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, our updates um, on this channel are all, always prophecy related. And we get our questions from our audience, our, our friends, our subscribers, our viewers that are, are watching these videos that maybe it's been shared with them. Uh, they can send us a note um, and give us a question. Our question today that we'll be taking uh, what is what's restraining the Antichrist? It was a question that came in. And the way for you to ask a question is to send us an email. You can send us an email to prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be glad to get to your, to your questions. So again, today's, today's question is, what's restraining the Antichrist? So we'll get into our prophecy update. Now that question actually comes uh, from a, uh, a podcast we were doing that talked about the Antichrist and that was somebody that was restraining him. And I mentioned the verse. And the verse we mentioned is this one in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And I'll read that for you. Um, Paul says this. He says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Verse 8 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. So, first of all, it, uh, Paul, Paul talks about the lawless one. So let's define who he's, who he's speaking of. Uh, the Apostle Paul refers to this lawless one, and what he's referring to is what we know as the, as the Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist and the lawless ones are just two of the names that the Bible uses to refer to this end times character. Um, he is called the Antichrist only in uh, the epistle of John, First and Second John. Um, uh, John refers to him as the Antichrist. He says, actually, there are many Antichrists already afoot, um, but this is where we get the word Antichrist. And this seems to be the more popular way to refer to him. Uh, but one of the other uh, words that's used along with the Antichrist is the word beast. Uh, the word beast is used in Daniel a number of times, and it also refers to this end times character. Um, and um, the Apostle Paul uh, also refers to him as not only as the man of lawlessness, but also the man of sin, the man of sin. So we see there's a number of different words. Uh, Daniel refers to him as the abomination of desolation. He also refers to him as the prince that is to come. In the book of Revelation, we, don't, we see him as the beast, uh, but we also see him in chapter 6 as the first horseman of the 
Apocalypse, the first horseman of the Apocalypse. This is the one that rides on a white horse. Uh, some people think it's Jesus, but it's actually, it's actually the Antichrist. Because remember, the Antichrist stands for another Christ. People will look at the Antichrist at the end times as if he is the Messiah, as if he's the Messiah. So, so Paul, the Apostle Paul, here in 2 Thessalonians, along joins Daniel and the Apostle John, and we also say Jesus and Isaiah, uh, in references to this end-time ruler uh, that, again, we know as the, as the Antichrist. So, so very often, when people speak of the Antichrist or the beast, um, they, use the, they know these words, the mark of the beast. They may not know much about the Antichrist, but it seems like uh, almost everybody that's, that's seen one of the movies or read one of the stories or has just heard other people talking, they talk about the, the mark of the beast. You know, nobody really knows what this mark of the beast is, will really look like. The Greek word that's used um, in the New Testament for mark is the Greek word sharagma, sharagma. And sharagma means an, an imprint. It could be used for a tattoo. It would be used for like a Roman coin that has the, you know, the, the imprint of Caesar on the, on, the, on the coin. That imprint would be a sharagma, uh, an imprint like that. Um, and tattoos were often thought to be the, the mark of the beast because the Bible talks about the mark of the beast being on your, your hand or on your forehead, which makes, makes sense to use it as a, as a, as a tattoo or a tattoo would, would fit that bill. You know, recently, uh, with the advent of microchips and the kind of chips that people have in, in their animals to keep track of them, uh, people felt that the microchip would be one way that this prophecy could be fulfilled, and I would agree. In keeping, however, with what we, how we interpret prophecy, uh, we would look for a literal fulfillment. So when the Bible talks about this mark of the beast being on your hand or on your forehead, it could be a microchip or a tattoo, but it would be on your hand or your forehead. You know, many people have, have tried to, to understand that the microchip would make a lot of sense because the book of Revelation also talks about that nobody could buy or sell without this mark. Nobody could buy or sell, and a microchip would seem to fit that bill. I have a microchip built into my credit card. My credit card goes into the slot, and immediately people, the, the, the machine knows whether or not I have the ability to, to buy something because my, my credit card is good. You know, one of the other things that I want to mention when it comes to this mark of the beast, and we will get to what's restraining, but one of the other things that, that I have to mention when it comes to this mark of the beast is there are many people that have, have been worried that somehow they've already taken the, the mark of the beast uh, that marks their doom of some kind. Uh, but, but let me tell you, the mark of the beast uh, will not come about until there's a beast. There, there can't be a mark of the beast if there's no beast. Uh, and actually, if you read the book of Revelation and understand it the way many scholars understand it, is this mark of the beast will not be implemented until the last half, the last three and a half years into the tribulation period, which is, uh, covers a seven-year period uh, from the beginning until the end. That's chapters, uh, chapters 4 through chapter 19 in the book of Revelation is a period of seven years. And halfway through it is when the beast, the true colors of the beast is known. He wants people to worship him and people take the mark of the beast in order to pay homage it's, it's, a, it's a way of honoring the, the beast. It's a way of uh, pledging your allegiance to the beast. Uh, and, and, and believers, we are called the elect in the book of Revelation, don't have to worry because they will not be deceived. 
deception will cause most of the world to follow the beast. Uh, but the believers, the elect, will not be deceived. Jesus says they will not be deceived. You know, again, this, this mark of the beast is interesting because I, I remember when Bank America, when Bank America changed the, their credit card, which was the number one credit card at the time uh, in the United States, uh, to the word Visa. Uh, there were many Christians that very quickly took a look, took a look at the V-I-S-A and they attributed to, uh, to, to uh, uh, Greek and to Roman and to other languages as a sign for, for 666. Uh, we also saw that when the World Wide Web, the WWW, that many people said, ah, the WWW is the, is the mark of the beast. Um, most recently with the pandemic, uh, the COVID vaccination, um, I'm not a big fan of vaccines. Uh, certainly not a fan of the COVID vaccine, but at the same time, the COVID vaccine uh, it was not it was not the mark of the beast, and the reason is is because uh, there is no beast. There's no beast yet, and that brings us exactly to the question that this listener asked, which is what is restraining? What is the, what is that which is restraining the the Antichrist? And again, I'll read the scripture for you because we're going to get into that specific question. In Second Thessalonians, it says, "For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work." This is Paul writing. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. So Paul is saying that at his time, there was somebody that was something that was already restraining uh, this Antichrist, this lawless one, and that will, be, that will be taken out of the way. Verse 8 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So Paul kind of summarizes that, that eventually this lawless, nun, lawless one will be revealed but then he follows up, but the Lord will come and destroy him with the brightness of his coming um, and, and with the breath of his mouth. The scripture tells us that this man of lawlessness is being restrained. The apostle John, when he actually uses the word antichrist, says that there are many antichrists, but the main character that is to come is being restrained. At some point in the future, the restrainer will be, Paul says, taken out of the way. So uh, some people have uh, speculated what this restrainer may be, and many people speculate, some scholars including, uh, believe it to be the Holy Spirit. But when you think about the, the Holy Spirit is God. God is omnipresent. Uh, the Holy Spirit can't be taken out actually out of the world because the Holy Spirit is always going to be here. But we who are the body of believers are, are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us, that we, the body of Christ, is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives within us uniquely in a very special way, more than he ever lived in, in the Old Testament prophets, more than he ever lived in, in Daniel and Ezekiel. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, lives within us and the Holy Spirit is the one that quickens us. Uh, we become a new creation. That's what 1 Corinthians says. We become a new creation in Christ because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the body of Christ is to be taken out before the, whole, the, the, the Antichrist is revealed. The body of Christ is to be taken out 
before the tribulation begins. Uh, this is re referred to as the end of the, what's called the ed end of the age of the Gentiles or the return of the bridegroom or the, the rapture of the church. That's a word that's used that some people are incensed with because it's not in the Bible supposedly. Well, the word rapture isn't in the English Bible. What is in the Latin Bible? I mean, the Bible was in Latin for 1400, 1500 years. Um, and that's where the word rapture comes from. It's this, it's this snatching away of the, of the body of Christ. Again, the Bible tells us we're salt of the earth, the light of the world. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the, we are the, it's the church that's restraining evil in this world. And we do that today. You know, the, the rapture, when it happens, the snatching away, when the Lord comes back for his church, uh, that's talked about in First, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, this, this rapture will profoundly impact and completely transform the current state of affairs. Uh, not only here in the United States, but around the world. When the rapture, occur, rapture occurs, the church, which is filled with the Holy Spirit um, and plays a crucial role in restraining evil, the church will be taken away, the body of Christ. I, I, I hate using the word church because people, I'm sitting in a church today, people often think that if you're in a church, if you're sitting in a pew, somehow you're part of the church. No. Just by coming to church, you're not a part of the church. You become a part of the body of Christ when you accept the gospel. Uh, Romans 10, 9 says when you, when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, when you can believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, by, Paul says you will be saved. Uh, being saved means the Holy Spirit has come into your life and he's quickened you. You're no longer the same person you were before. Uh, you repent. Repent means to change your mind. When that happens, you're a member of the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, my friends, that this is the, this is the blessed hope. This is why Paul tells us to encourage one another uh, by, by talking about the Lord's return. It's an encouragement because the Lord will come back. Jesus will come back and he'll meet us in the air. And that happens all before before the Antichrist is revealed. That's what the Bible says. The Antichrist will not, cannot come until the, the uh, cannot come as the first horseman, for example, of the apocalypse, until after, after the body of Christ is, is removed. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul says. The Apostle Paul, again, tells us to encourage one another, uh, to remember that the Lord is coming. This is why uh, in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, Paul calls Christ's coming the blessed hope. The blessed hope. You know, if the church is going to be around when the Antichrist is here and get all beat up and, and be martyred and, and, uh, and most, of, you know, most, of the, most of the believers won't make it through the tribulation period alive, most of them will be martyred. We call them tribulation saints. Um, well, those are people that are called the elect. Um, that goes all the way back to ancient, uh, ancient Israel. Uh, the elect are the people of Israel, but it's also people that will, um, will repent and be able to accept uh, who Jesus truly is. But unfortunately, that won't happen for many people until the Antichrist is revealed, and that won't happen until after the church is removed. Jesus says this, and this is the great hope that we have. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then he says, my father's house has many rooms, many mansions in some translations. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. That's the hope. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be with 
where I am. So Jesus will come back and come back for his church. This is the, this is what's called the, the appearance, the snatching away, the catching away, uh, often called the rapture of the church. It's the end of the time of the Gentiles when the, the church, which is basically a Gentile church, is taken away, when it's snatched away. Um, this is exactly what's restraining the Antichrist, and this is the blessed hope that we have. So God bless. I want to, uh, before I pray, I want to remind you that uh, we are an evangelical church. Faith Dialogue is a 501c3 ministry. Uh, please feel free to, to share this video, to like it, uh, to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any of these updates. Uh, God bless you, and let me pray. So Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.